Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped live on Twitch and available on YouTube, Google, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. Um, Austin, I'm a knockout, watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David, I'm a noob, haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I'm very concerned for the health of Conan after he spent like two straight weeks standing in a an a uh, broken down warehouse in the rain. Uh, I hope he doesn't get a cold that precludes him from yeah. tonight's match. Might ha guy might have a flu. Guy might have a flu. I look, look. I'm just worried about him. I don't want anything to come in the way of whatever the fuck his top ten anime betrayals thing is going to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tonight we return to Lucha Underground uh, after the mid season episode, uh, Grave Consequences, last time round. Where uh, there, there, we, the, the consequences were indeed grave, yes. They were grave because we had a, a absolutely brutal casket match between <laughs> uh, Phoenix and Mil Muertes, and Mil Muertes lost, and he's going to put in the casket, and he's dead. Yep, zombie man dead. Don't think about it too hard. We've killed the zombie guy. Ah, yes, of course. It is, it is, it is permanent. He's never coming back. Yep. Clearly. So weird weird that they, they make this huge villain character and they kill him off after only half a season. Dude, is, so weird is, they make this, this huge some... villain character that keeps fucking losing like a chump and like has his girlfriend like leave him for someone else and he does he barely anything cut. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This big villain who gets cucked and then gets killed by the guy that he got cucked with. Uh, and that's just it. Really weird. Uh, not what I would expect for an arc for a character like that, but I, I don't know. I ain't in that writer's room. That's, don't ask me. Yeah, look at this. He's killed off as if this is a, a mid 2000s Marvel movie. <laughs> where they kill. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. He's not wrong, though, folks. Austin is not incorrect. I've seen most of those movies. I think I would know how many of they killed off all the villains. Damn, damn. Who was, who was who was more of a chump? Mid two thousands Doctor Doom or or Mil Mortez? I think the correct answer is, of course, twenty fifteen Fan Four Stick Doctor Doom. Hey. Hey, fuck you. That movie's a cinematic masterpiece. Every character is the best thing ever yeah, put to cinema. I'm gonna end this podcast right now. For uh, that. Hey, hey, look, for a solid several years, our like our main friend group was named after that goddamn movie. I have to I have to at least like pretend that it was good for my own sanity. What? We clearly named that because ironically we clearly named our friend group that ironically. Yeah, but but I I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I just feel, you know, like it should it's fitting for people as awesome as us to, you know, be named after a a good movie. I don't know why we name ourselves after a shitty movie. I, 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 we're getting off track. We actually named ourselves after Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. True! <laughs> the best Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. And if you disagree, you probably have taste. <laughs> Amazing. <clears throat> anyway, Mil Muertes is dead and definitely forever. That's mm -hmm. that's the key takeaway. No take backsies. Phoenix gets the girl who is a ghost. I'm sure that'll I'm sure it'll be fine. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I'm still a little bit confused about that whole ghost girlfriend thing. It's never gonna get less. Conf- it's never gonna get less confusing. I'm gonna be honest. Does it get actively more confusing? Up to you. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Your I mileage may vary as we go on. Ah, we got a signature Austin quote. Cool. That that means it's gonna be good shit. Me quoting TV tropes is a no. signature Austin quote. <laughs> Your mileage may vary. That's a TV tropes thing. It's probably its most well-known uses at this point. Oh, that, that I did term. not know that. I just know you say it a lot. So I'm like, oh, shit, I buddy. I say it because I'm a giant nerd who reads TV tropes all the time. That is entirely, I mean, wow, we run a, we run a pro wrestling podcast. Giant nerds here, poof, not on my wrestling podcast. Well, now that I'm done clearly uh, at making this longer, because there's not a lot to talk about, because it's only been one episode. Hey, you know? hey, I like our playful banter, okay? All the cool podcasts do it. I want to be cool, Austin. The audio version getting to see me screw, try to screw my fake microphone back, because I accidentally unscrewed the mic stand. Do you mean the visual version? I mean this microphone. No, you said the audio version getting to see you. Uh, did I say the audio version? You said the, the audio version, version getting I, to see you. I meant the video version. Every Whatever. woman for himself. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, check out that check out that adjective play. Uh, we 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 definitely came to play. Oh, see, this is the mistake you made by turning me into a wrestling fan. Now I can quote cheeky shit like that at you. I know, it's annoying. I know. (laughs) Now you know how I feel. Where do we go from here, David? Where do we go? To Boyle Heights? Ooh-woo? Or Sunnydale, I guess. Could also go there. Sunnydale. Because where do we go from here is where the finale is once more feeling. Oh, this isn't the Buffy spinoff! No! (laughs) Well, I'm sure uh, I'm sure our, our, our listeners are having a fun time here, so let's get back on track a little bit. So, Once again. And where it's dead. Covered it. Okay. Uh, Conan played a chess game with uh, with uh, Puma and kicked his ass, and then he, and then he destroyed the timer. Because why not? That's, I just think that it's fun, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the Kingdom Hearts chess game, <laughs> yeah. that I forgot about that. How I could never forget about Kingdom. Damn, Hearts I really references. hope that one guy with the AEW sign doesn't listen to our show. I hope he does, <laughs> and he and he knows that he took the the idea that I would have had. I would I would like to blow up the internet with my hottest possible take. I I mean, was it your idea first? I mean, I've oh, I mean, I, I would definitely have brought a Kingdom Hearts sign, but being being a spicy boy and saying it's better than Final Fantasy is ab- absolutely the kind of thing I would have thought of. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my it's god! Almost, almost like it's a troll, almost a troll job level of hot take. It, nah, nah, fam. Every sign that's brought to a, a wrestling show is completely legitimate. For example, uh, JMF's or MJF's parents definitely, uh, definitely do think he sucks. Yeah. Also, not to again, all, not to derail this podcast some more to talk about AEW. This entire podcast say, is a derailment. But I want to say, 
that seeing an MJ seeing a sign that says MJF is a cuck on the hard cam last night uh last night uh, spoilers for when we air when we recorded this episode oh was absolutely hilarious <laughs> oh my god anyway lucha underground so that happened and then we had um uh big rick beat the fuck out of the crew it wasn't a close it wasn't that close he beat them all he pinned them all sexy star helped because they're bros yeah, they're friends now. The best. I'm so excited for this friendship. Like, unironically, I'm so fucking hyped for this. Mm-hmm. And so, and then um, Aerostar beat uh, Drago to make to go up two to one in the best of five. Um, where oh, the winner, I... where the winner gets a thing we don't know yet. I'm uh, sure it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. Yep. Yep. I still can't believe they're able to make shit like this work, like a best of five sort of thing. Like, it just feels like it should be so excessive, but I'm not tired of it yet. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's, it's kind of like a an always, a usually always wins formula in wrestling. These best of series, even though that they're all, they're all kind of obviously going to go to seven or five or whatever. And yeah. it's just the same guys wrestling each other over and over and over again. But it you but it almost always works when you think of the historical examples of them. Yeah, I don't uh I I don't know like how. It's so it's so wild that because because like that shit can get stale so quickly, but mm-hmm. like it works and I do like both Drago and Aerostar, so it's it's chill. I'm they, just like I just like as soon as a, a, a Dario announced like the, the best of five, I was like five really mm-hmm. healthy number I, but yeah. cool sure give me more it's right like you the get, they they have those little numbers that keep tallies of the score and your brain is just like oh this is important and cool so- yeah <laughs> you're the they're they're yeah they're we're the we're the we're the scoreboard absolutely mm-hmm. all right so that is everything um, that happened in the last episode. I mean, we had a whole episode talking about it, and it was a really great episode, but like, I try to keep this segment to just recapping stuff. Yes. And episode 1X19 was very straightforward, so there's not a whole lot for me to, you know, come back to. Fair recap. enough. Recap. Uh, this episode, we do get two, count them, two advertised title matches. Is uh. We get Tejano and Alberto El Patron update. Not Alberto, not in jail yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first of all, thank you for the reminder. Uh, our, 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 uh, everyone's favorite new segment is Alberto El Patron in jail yet. Done. They keep they keep pushing back his tr- his court date. So Damn. no. Dude, they're just dude, they're just they're just fucking terrified. They know once they get him in that room, he's gonna pull the bull rope out from somewhere and just start going to town <laughs> on everyone. People with bull ropes. Yeah, yeah, like like he's gonna he's gonna be sitting there at the table, right? And he's gonna like have his head down. He's gonna be in a suit. He's gonna look all solemn, and you know the the trial's gonna proceed. You know, it's just as normal. And then toward the end, you know, they're asking, you know, uh, uh you know, Alberto El Patron, how do you plea? Kind of he he looks up. He stands up. Pulls out the burrow and just starts going to fucking town. 
I would love to see this courtroom drama with pro wrestlers. So Alberto Alpatron is never going to jail because everyone's scared of the bull rope. Anyway, yeah, Super Ballsy. Uh, they have two. They have two title matches in one episode. We'll yeah. see yes. how this goes. But yeah, they're they're Tejano and Alberto are fighting for the Triple uh, Mania Mega Championship, the Triple A Mega Championship, excuse me, uh, in a bull rope match, and then you have. Uh, Prince Puma defending the Lucha Underground Championship against, uh, they call him Cage, who is not a man, but he is a machine. He is indeed a machine. As we all know, cages are the machiniest of machines. Mm -hmm. And that is a Boyle Heights street fight. So two no DQ matches in this episode. I'm interested to see. uh, What kind uh, you know, how does it differ? How do they differentiate themselves? I mean, to be fair, the rule sets, the the rule sets like are you know effectively the same, but like the aesthetic will be different at least. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that'll that'll be cool. It's true. So if you would like to watch the episode that we are watching, which is episode season one, episode twenty, the art of war hmm. and lucha underground, you can do that at tubeTV.com. It is basically a a kind of a Netflix knockoff, but it's also completely free. All you have to do is make an account and you can watch all the stuff they have on there free with ads. Yes. And so there you go. Do it. And then we will be back in like an hour to to, uh, talk to you about season one, episode 20 of Lucha Underground, The Art of And we are back. We have just finished uh, season one, episode 20, The Art of War of Lucha Underground. There were, I mean, there were some, there were some fighty boys in this one. There were, uh, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't, I don't think I was super into this until the main event. And I would personally blame that on the fact that it was a culmination of two different feuds that I don't care about. I, hmm, I honestly, I was the most hype during the like main the first the first fight of the night. Okay, I will say the way that the first fight ended was pretty fucking sweet. That was great. That had the best ending of the night. Like the other two, I won't say I don't give a shit about the the Puma Cage and um uh uh Al Patron Tejano um feuds. But, like, they're certainly not, like, the most investing things I've ever been a part of. I enjoy the I enjoy the, the, the Patron and Tejano feud because, like, it's cool to see the artist formerly known as El Puerto Del Rio, who's still not in jail, uh, in a completely, like, new light via mm-hmm. Lucha. Um, so I enjoy it for kind of that entertainment value to see him have his own, like, arch villain that he goes up against while still being kind of an anti-hero himself. And, like, mm-hmm. the puma the puma and cage thing i enjoy in the same way as i did like um phoenix and will muertes where you know it's kind of stock good guy and bad guy um and i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and it keeps not dropping and that just keeps me being like what the fuck is like gonna happen Mm -hmm. sure but i'm not like i don't look at those two feuds and go like oh yeah baby yeah, um, 
I mean, I suppose that I don't think that uh, Puma and Cage is my favorite thing he's had going on either, but I thought at least it was something I was moderately invested Which in. Which he? Um, Technically both, but... Oh, yeah. But... But yeah, it's, at least it was something I was at least moderately interested to see how it, it played out. So. I mean... Well, I guess I can't ask if this is the end of it, because spoilers, but like... um. I mean, what have what have been your kind of like thoughts on this feud leading up to leading up to this? Um, like overall, there's it's it is pretty basic, as as you've alluded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was kind of neat the way they they made the dynamic of them in ring as someone who who um, Puma can't necessarily beat straight up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of neat because of how much that beforehand he had been portrayed as the best guy of, of Lucha underground. So get him and it's, and it's a way to kind of, and it was cage is interesting enough when he's not talking, (laughs) when he's just just throwing people around, it's, he's great. He's got a pretty nice scowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I think, I think that the, the coat, the, the comeback, the come up arc after, his lowest point was focused a little too much on Conan for my liking. Well, here's the thing about that is I, the way they were playing it as I kept, as I've been alluding to episode after episode is like, I was waiting for like this to be like Conan turning on Puma just because the way they built up their relationship has been like Conan's in control. He's a huge dick to Puma and like is very like overbearing father figure. And then we get like this set of several promos where he's like gearing up to be a badass himself and he's got his own new weapon and it's like the return of Conan. And it it all kind of makes it read like it's going to be Conan turns on Puma and becomes like, you know, the real big bad in Puma's like rogues gallery, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting that to happen tonight and it didn't. It's, it's it he's just kind of like they're still palling around um, yeah it, it all it honestly feels like they've kind of tried to shy away from the el- some of the elements they started with it's disappointing certainly and i mean mm-hmm. again you know this better than i do i don't know if these elements come up at a later time but like for now like it feels like if there was a time to do this with conan as like it would have been justified to have been focusing on him for lists for these past few weeks if like it ended up being a huge character moment for him, but it, it it didn't, it didn't really feel like a character moment for anybody. I mean, that's my main thing with both like Mm -hmm. Tejano and El Patron and Puma cage is that like as amazingly talented athletes as they are, like I don't feel super compelled by the narrative. Oh, for Tejano and El Patron, I'm absolutely not compelled by that narrative at all. Like it is a hundred percent them just trying to lean in on the on their AAA feud and expecting their audience to just know and give a shit about it from that. Yeah, but they don't even like reference like why we should give a shit. They're just enemies because, and they're just gonna play a continual game of cat and mouse for mm-hmm. dominance. Not even a fucking title, just dominance. Yeah, um, I I know Del uh, El Patron. Excuse me. <laughs> you did what the one guy in the crowd did. 
Yeah, that was the highlight of that match for me. Honestly, yeah, yeah. There was this guy. There was this guy in the crowd um, during the during that match who goes, "Yeah, Del Rio," and someone just off to the side. You can still go, uh, El Patron. Yeah. Okay. No dead naming in the temple. All right. True. But, True. But yeah, it, it's it's at like, it's the kind of thing that early on Lucha Underground kind of if you guys call it an issue is that a lot early lucha underground much more than later lucha underground when it starts to just focus only on its own lore kind of leans in on the fact that hey guys triple we're a partner with triple a you know triple a right <laughs> i don't and i don't either and to be fair it they prop a uh, probably a decent percentage of their viewership did because but as someone who doesn't, I I real like these are guys who I know the names of, but I I don't know any of their work because AAA is un is basically impossible to follow in America, mm. and so it's the kind of thing of like I know of you and I believe you when you tell me that like oh yeah in Mexico these are hated rivals, but I I don't have any emotional connection to that and it's never worse in that i think that no storyline that they do that in lucha underground has that bigger problem than tejano versus al patron well has the problem of i i don't watch triple a so i really don't care (laughs) i and, and they don't like um um they don't like make any specific reference to to like any reason for them fighting there's no like character it's that i mean that's the thing they just feel very stagnant and they're they're cool characters uh and uh, in, in like a broad sense and again very talented athletes but like i don't get a whole lot of um a whole lot of like character work from them and it's kind of disappointing mm-hmm. and i know el patron goes on to do much more character based stuff than this and um, cool so like i have that to look forward to but it it's def this is definitely like a whatever mm-hmm. feud and so this episode has been this episode was basically dominated by a storyline that i'm distasteful of a storyline i'm whatever on and a storyline i like parts of but isn't one that i would consider one of my favorites going forward right now so it's a it's a big blow off. It's 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 the opposite of last week. Last week was a lot of blow offs to story. Had a bunch of had a couple of blow offs to storylines. I like was really into into. Yeah, obviously Mill Muertes and Phoenix, and even you know even the stuff with the crew and Big Rick wasn't exactly like mind blowing shit. But they, but you had cool stuff with them like burning his eye out to betray him, and then he has the 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 promo in the confessional booth. Yeah. And then him and Sexy Star teaming up to beat the crew. Like there yeah. was a lot of there was enough cool stuff there for me to be inve- feel invested in that. And this ep- this week is a lot is paying off other story lo- a lot of storylines I just don't really care about in comparison. That Pretty and much. I feel like we've never had an episode this this dominated by stuff I don't necessarily care about as much. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I was I was kind of underwhelmed by it all, but like mm-hmm. it did. I mean, again, it's lucha, so like the product still feels cool because like mm-hmm. the 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 work is the the, the in ring work is really good, and like the promo cutting is still like a lot of fun. But like just this set of stories, 
they're just kind of for for them being like what were supposed to be like the two hottest tickets in lucha at the time like they don't feel like they don't feel like that to me i don't have as much of a connection to it Mm -hmm. um uh but although I will say again, the funniest part about that is first match of the night, which is on Helico versus Son of Havoc, was the one that like first episode. I'm like, oh god, Son of Havoc seems so fucking obnoxious, and like whenever he popped up after that, I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. But I've like slowly been coming to enjoy him, much to Austin's joy. I, I'm very happy to see in real time watching David see Son of Havoc as the babyface hero they of the did people. Such a good job of turning him, and I don't like it. They did. They I'm did. so they grumpy did. about it. God they did a damn great it. Great job. They do. They do. I mean, part of it is a little problematic because like they they turn him so well as like they make his girlfriend an insufferable bitch, and it's kind of like okay, we get it, we we get we get it, but but like it's still great to watch him like contrast himself to her and like slowly outgrow her. Yeah, it is great. So the match is that is pretty good. It's very it's it's pretty fun match overall. I mean, it's Angelico. Angelico does awesome in ring work. What? Oh yeah, the homie diving over the his over the ring post which is very high and like flying ha- into the stands which is several feet in front of the ring into and hell into son of havoc like the airtime for angelica was fucking nuts oh my god yeah I, it, it always is i mm-hmm. i don't know how the hell that guy moves as well through the air as he does. Like that's just an insanely good amount of body control that you just like, I don't, I don't know how you train yourself to be like that, but God damn, he's, he's, he's I'm, fun. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting. Cause like on Helico has a reputation in Lucha underground for some of the insane ass dives he's done. He does. Mm. And I've been waiting for him to start busting them shits out. Oh and yeah. No, episode, that... And this episode felt like the start well, of that, but have it kind of, Played him at his own game too. Havoc had a crazy dive at him at one point, didn't he? Or my cra- or no, my thing. Oh no, 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 no. It was it was and Helico at, at Havoc is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Yeah, no, and Helico is like that one really crazy one out of the corner. Yeah. Um uh, and... that just boops Havoc on the head. Mm-hmm. Um if I might make a critique of the match, and this is one that I will also share with the second match, mm. is that Force, it doesn't feel as intense as it probably should if it's supposed to, considering how personal we're supposed to think this feud is. Like, Son of Havoc has had a lot of issues with Angelico for trying to have sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> and it just doesn't feel, it feels like they're just fight. It feels like, it doesn't feel like they're particularly angry and intense at each other in a way that that should probably feel... I mean, here's how I kind of view it, because I kind of agree, but I don't feel my experience diminished by the phenomena you're talking about. Because kind of how I see it is like, when you say it like that, I do agree. It is kind of weird that there's not a whole lot of like direct anger from Havoc to Angelico. I will say like Angelico not really giving a shit is yeah, that's fair. For his character, because like, at, like, he's just kind guy. of a flippant guy. No yeah. pun intended. Um but like havoc i get but on the other hand like the real tension to this man because what i was thinking of like as i was talking about my journey with son of havoc is like son of havoc's 
Son of Havoc in Lucha Underground up to this point is a story of maturity. Um, I think. I don't know how much of this was a you know planned arc from episode one because I know the the, the show kind of changed a lot between episode one and episode ten. But mm-hmm. like from episode one where we first get introduced and he's like, I don't want to be in the ring with a girl. Uh, and you know then he has his like evil girlfriend who they got I, cooties. Yeah, I, who I learned tonight, Evil Lise isn't like that's her real name. That's not meant to be like I'm evil and a female like. No. Interesting. Her name um, is just Yeah, kind of dope. Um, but regardless, um, and then we see him with Ivelisse, and they're kind of, like, bad together, and then it, like, slowly reveals itself as, like, this abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And this episode tonight felt like it was Son of Havoc fighting with his own demons rather than with Angelico himself. Like the Angelico mm-hmm. like fighting Angelico was a conduit for it, but this meant for him something outside of his petty squabbles with Angelico. Mm-hmm. Um this was a personal growth fight for him. Yeah, I, and we I, see I will... that in how he slowly overcomes Evilise throughout. Yeah, I will say is that that part of how what makes that makes up for it is the fact that they very explicitly they basically like change what he's mad, who he's mad at, mm-hmm. and that, and I agree, it's a personal growth situation of him. Yeah. And and like in a way a- too, like and Helico's kind of like incidental to the whole situation. He's mm-hmm. just a motherfucker that just like happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time to get sucked into all this. Like it's not like some deeply personal grudge for him to hold. Yeah, he was just trying to mack on Son of Havoc's girlfriend because he was in like the match where she got she wilded out and you know right and he and so like and and it their kind of their relationship just kind of happened to also collapse in while this is happening but yes the 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 arc of the match is very much is ivalice continues to be obnoxious in trying to in berating son of havoc and eventually it leads to when he's on the top rope to beat on helico he stops. He grabs a microphone, which I don't know why they cut away from him doing that. I guess they didn't want to see him. They didn't want to show him asking for a mic, I guess. I don't know. But he, he sits on the he sits on the top rope and he grabs a mic and he's like, and he basically is like, you're a bitch. He doesn't say well, that. I mean, I will say I do want to focus on what he says because it is a it is very specific uh and very important to kind of his character arc is that i know what's been holding me back all this time it's you pointing to evil east and she's like what yeah yeah and she's getting all pissy about it and he's like well guess what you're dumped and he mic drops and then he delivers his finisher on uh, on helico and it's a fucking awesome moment again that's the the ending of the night don't their mind oh my god well, because it's the most like complete character arc that we have tonight is mm-hmm. it's this awesome culmination. Um, because after again losing like a chump for so long, he finally grew up. Um, it, this this match was him like finally growing up and um finally coming to terms with a version of himself that's better than what was before because he's seen toxicity in himself in others and he has uh he has learned how to overcome it and 
that's what allows him to finally get a win. He's he's not held back by his own bullshit, by someone else's bullshit. He's just there to fight and do it because that's that's what he does not not out of any like personal grudge Mm -hmm. not because he doesn't like girls not because he's doing it for his girlfriend he's fighting for himself and only himself for good intentions and that's what that's what clears his mind enough to get the win and it's kind of an awesome beautiful moment what a beautiful character arc that kind of sprung up out of an otherwise gross and problematic storyline i really really want to know what lucha episode one david would think hearing current david give this speech about fucking son of havoc yes he is finally i hate the, ba- the mid card baby face hero <laughs> i don't of lucha uh, underground i uh, oh god damn it my boy uh, is, i i is here god you you uh, audience i need you guys to understand just how like how uh it is for me to like just continually validate austin because he just gets to sit here and be the puppet master and hear me say shit and just like just like (laughs) (laughs) you know you know twiddle his thumbs together whatever uh and you know just just (laughs) me and and then like just I, I get to validate his bullshit constantly and he knows he knows i don't have free will on this show audience i'm always playing into the puppet master's hand help help me i'm trapped ah! i also just know that me and david have similar enough interests that he is probably going to validate most opinions i have <laughs> uh, that's fair that's fair we do share we do share opinions on like 95 percent of things that's 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 mm-hmm. entirely fair Oh, uh, but either way, but God damn it! What a what a fun, a fun storyline. And for fucking son of havoc of all people, character uh, growth achievement unlocked. Yeah, it's great, and Evilise can go fuck herself. Uh, yeah, and Angelico can go back to being not rapey. Please, I'm begging. I, I did enjoy that after the match on Helico gets up and is, is like almost trying to come on to evil. She kicks him in the head anyway. Again. Yeah. Like, like, no, I'm not. I'm not going with you either. Pat. That's his final. That's hopefully his final bonk. I hope he gets some time to reflect in horny jail. Yeah. Get the horny jail, horny jail for on Helico. You got dumped chance for evil. the crowd was real in the chanting. You got dumped at her. Yeah. I mean, again, don't know how I feel about them just, like, making Ivelisse this shrill, irredeemable bitch, but, like, it does make for a great moment when when he finally escapes that abusive relationship. I We love, we stand, we stand a bearded short king. Woo! So, I, I think that I've, I've, I've gotten a better opinion of that match now that I've been talking about it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that'll definitely happen for the next one too. I'll try my best. <laughs> well, actually, before that is when we get the Hernandez thing. Oh yeah, Hernandez. So, Hern- Hernandez. Well, uh, yes, I, I did get that part. He is most famous for being in Impact Wrestling, then called TNA, as part of the um, Latin American Exchange (LAX) 
with uh, Homicide, who is a bit of an indie wrestling legend, to be honest. And Conan was their manager. And they, and I, I'll be honest, early TNA, LA, OG, LAX, I'm not as familiar with because that early era TNA is not, is not generally my, it was not my bang at the time. I, I don't even think I was watching wrestling when they were hot, when they were hanging around, but that is where he comes from. And so he has this, he has this bit of a star power cachet and they bring up his history with Conan. Conan yeah. even name drops LAX because TNA ain't suing him at motherfuckers. WWE might drop the Sue hammer, but L- TNA ain't doing shit. TNA doesn't give a shit. They're not going to do shit. TNA's so, like, cool. Thanks for the free advertising. Yeah. So he, so Hernandez has been signed to the temple and at, at basically at Conan's request, Conan basically was the guy who were, who sold Dario on signing this guy. And he, and they, they have a cute moment where Dario tries to like shake his hand to, to finalize the deal. And he fist bumps his open hand. He like kind of like high fives it. Or he gives like a little like high five to the table. He's like the back. He likes the back. He likes the backhand. The most part is Dario like looks looks like kind of off right to like what feels like should be the cameraman. Like even like like the the actor who plays Dario wasn't expecting that. And he's like, what the fuck? What? (laughs) It's a great little moment. Yeah. Here's the thing with Hernandez in this episode. Um, is like the way he's introduced both with Dario and then with Conan and with what I was expecting from Conan tonight, everything about him felt like he should be like heel, 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 heel. But like it, it, he's, he's, he's just, he's just cool. Like he shows up in Dario's office and Dario's like, yes, you are here on Conan's request. Mwahaha. And Hernandez is like, yeah, pretty dope. And then like Hernandez shows up to like this training session between Conan and Puma. Um, and, the way like Conan brings him in and embraces him is like, come here, brother. Yeah, it's great to see you. Feels like it's this like taunt to Puma of like, mm, this guy could replace you. Mm. But but then we get the match and Hernandez is just like dutifully watching from the sidelines and then like comes to help out unironically Puma later on. And and that's it. It's so weird. If like his everything about his introduction felt like he should be like secret heel. But unless they're gonna like really long game my my um Conan is is like traitor position, he's just kind of chill and he's there and okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to shout out because I remember that like LAX was not afraid to get a little political when they're t- went in and and when they talked and that and part of and the thing I remember about about uh, Hernandez is that. His finishing move was called the border toss. <laughs> oh, so we'll almost certainly get to see that. And I mean, to I be was... fair, even Lucha got political with being like, "Oh yeah," uh, like between episodes one and ten, like, "Oh yeah," all these people we contracted got fucking stopped at the border. To be fair, that was just like legit. Ha- what happened? Well, yeah, but like mm-hmm. they didn't bullshit any reasons. They were like, "Yep, yep, 
Yeah, they got they got border patrolled. Because Sorry, I was, boys. I, because I was confused because of the or because of how I don't really know this era of it, it wrestling well enough. Is that I was thinking of Homicide's finishing move when I was making this comment. His finishing move is called the Cop Killer or the Gringo Killer, depending on the situation. Dep- he's changed the name on that. Well, then they're <laughs> yeah. really getting political. Oh yeah, LAX was LAX was little was edgy, but Damn. Hernandez has the border. Vince toss. Russo could never. I mean, he could, but he well, didn't. he wouldn't. <laughs> um, and either way, um, well, he wouldn't do that for like I don't know. Is was were Hernandez and Homicide faces? I don't remember. I mean. Okay. LAX becomes a babyface group because everybody kind of loves them. Everyone loves, really yeah, does. yeah, it's one of those things, right? Yeah, but I don't really know if Hernandez and um, Homicide were originally babyfaces, but that that's all beside the point. Either Hernandez way, is, Hernandez is here in in Lucha Underground. He will be a major player for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season, uh, and Austin's teased me that he gets fired in a in a funny way. So I guess we'll yes, find out his about IR, that later. his I his story about how he basically gets fired from Lucha Underground is hilarious to me. Well, for how stupid it is, but anyway, we, now move uh, on we to stole the long enough. Match. We have our second match: uh, Tejano and Alberto Del Rio AL Patron again <laughs> in a bull rope match for. For the loot for the triple uh, A mega championship and props to Lucha Underground for refusing to use the stupid rules for bull rope for the bull rope match. <laughs> right. So uh, for strap matches, it is it, they taught they it's bull rope mat is essentially the same thing, but it's a bull rope and not like a leather strap is basically what they do is they tie the strap around the wrists of both uh, Tejano and El Patron so that they both are connected by this big bull rope they can use on each other. They can't get away. They're tied together with, and there was a cowbell in the middle. And to be fair, they, they, they those map, those, those are fun because it kind of allows you to do things that kind of get set up scenarios you wouldn't be able to do in any other type of match. But, with the whole like tied together aspect of it. However, in many iterations of a strap match or bull rope match or whatever. And to be fair, there's no real rhyme or reason I can tell you like how this rule is applied. Like sometimes they're like, this is the rule. Like even, even within a single company, some like WWE or even AEW, sometimes they're like, the rule is you pin the guy. Or sometimes the rule is, you play some stupid fucking game of tag where you have to win the match. You have to walk around the ring and touch the turnbuckle pad, all four turnbuckle pads consecutively without being stopped, which the definition of that is by referee discretion. So of course, it's always a little bit bullshit. What does and doesn't count yeah. as being stopped. But them's those rules are fucking stupid. And I hate, like, if you want to talk about, like, my least favorite stipulation match rules, that's my least favorite rules. Is that, you know, is that you tie these people together by a leather strap and you win the match by playing tag. I, I really appreciate the hustle that wrestling puts into, like, having 
alternative win conditions, mm-hmm. but they're always so fucking goofy. It is. It's all very goofy. But fortunately, the bull rope match doesn't follow that. It it follows traditional win criteria, which I have my own complaints about when we get to how this ends. <laughs> yeah. It's no DQs. It's no DQs. But that doesn't mean that's a legal maneuver inside. Look, okay. Look, look, okay, we'll get there. We'll get I mean, that. we'll get there. I mean, the the matches, the matches, like what you would expect for this. They're two angry boys. They have a bull rope between them, so of course they're choking each other out there, hitting each other with the rope. They really like Christopher walking each other, which is to say, hitting each other with the cowbell. They do. Um, but um, I'm gonna say is that I feel like there isn't as much. I feel like, especially look, I I was thinking back to their first match the one that ended in a DQ because they beat each other with bull whips. Yeah. And that match felt more like intense and angry than this one did. True. And I think that's a problem for the big scary blow off match that where they literally are supposed to be beating each other with bull whips. It just kind of felt like a match. And yeah, they, they do I, I cool stuff. Like a lot more brutal shit from this one. And they yeah. didn't, didn't really go there well and a little bit but like it wasn't like the not so shit that i thought it would be for the culmination of this feud thus far yeah absolutely and that's that's what i was at least looking forward to that this was this was going to be like a brutal affair and it really wasn't uh probably the most insane thing when i saw in that match was when uh tejano got the table out and then he power bombed el patron through the table and the table broke in like five. Yeah. God damn. Like it which, wasn't like which, the, it wasn't the, like I, in WWE where like they it they the thing the, the 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 secret is that they pre-cut the table and then glue it back together. Ah, yeah. So then when you put someone down the middle, it just breaks the way it broke the first time. I don't know what they did here, but like it broke, broke. It, yeah, there that shit wood, shattered. There was wood everywhere. The one of the, at least one of the legs broke off. Yeah, no, that frame was fucking emptied out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Patron got some nice little cuts on his arms for it. Yeah, but other than that, this match felt very well, not that not that brutal. Yeah, that was the craziest moment. Uh, also, kudos or shout out to the two non-trader tables tonight. Usually, there's the unspoken rule of, of wrestling where if you get a table out, you're the one who goes through it. Uh, there are two tables that there were two tables that were gotten out tonight. Uh, both of them uh, went through by the opposite person as to who got it out. So, uh, subverting expectations? Question mark slash some very loyal tables. I'm very proud of them. Yep. But okay, so the match ends where where um. What is Tano hits a big move? I can't read. I can't even remember. Um, I know he hit a move, and I was like, "What?" He didn't win, but honestly, him, him. I think it might have been in the aftermath of the table breaking because I remember being like, "How didn't he win from that?" Yeah, but he he's up on the top rope, about to try to do a thing to Del to El Patron, and El Patron quick grabs him in his arm breaker, which is his signature maneuver. And he has his position. So basically that he is sitting in the ropes and he has Tahano's shoulder over pulled over the rope, which mm-hmm. sounds disgusting to be honest. That sounds like a good way to separate a shoulder, even worse than a regular arm breaker would. 
And then so Tejano taps out, and the ref accepts that. And then he wins. Yeah. And it was a little out of nowhere, which is a bit of a personal taste problem. Whether you I mean, I was I was conf- I was legitimately confused by that win, mm-hmm. first of all. Yeah. But second of all, and here's the thing I'm complaining about, is that he he was in the ropes. His arm was over the rope. He wasn't legally in the ring. Therefore, it shouldn't have counted. That tap out should not have been legal. I, yeah. I mean, A, confusing and anticlimactic for what this match was supposed to be. But yeah, B, as Austin pointed out, like, I didn't notice this. But yeah, the rule is always that submissions are broken by being on the rope. But Patron did the move, like, on the rope. What the fuck? Yeah, and like, I'm okay with people doing submissions like that. Because that, but like, they don't tap people. The idea is they don't tap people out that way. Like they use it to get in a few seconds of this move as a damage thing, but they don't like, and then they do something else in the ring and win. They don't Mm -hmm. tap them out that way. And so I was like, wait, what? No. And like, yes, it's no DQ, but like it's, you still are supposed to have to win inside the ring. Yeah. I mean, We've have we seen examples on Lucha of like people breaking submissions like that? I can't think of anybody I can't think of anybody else ever winning that way. Or like I'm just that- I'm just trying to think like because we've we've seen matches with attempted submission moves, yes? Yeah, we've seen submission matches before. And they well in Lucha and you know, they'll do the thing where they crawl to the, the edge of the ring and grab the rope and have it break. Right. Yeah. Uh, almost certainly. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, again, the just, kayfabe to this is just like nothing matters in Fight Club. I guess, but but it's annoying. It's, so, it's so weird because like the WWE standard is basically what everybody does. And I, to be fair, I don't know if anyone ever t- didn't do it this way, but it's even in, in a no DQ situation, it's kind of like, it's like there's two separate rules in play is that if, when a normal match, if you do that move, First of all, you can't win that way because he's not the mm-hmm. win. But also, you're you're supposed to let him go, and you have five seconds to let him go. In a no DQ match, only that first rule applies. Like you can't get disqualified if you decide to hang out there for five minutes, breaking his arm, but you still can't win that way. Yeah, because yeah, you're not no. in the ring. And so I I go into it with that expectation of like that's how the rules of this match work, and so. It was very surprising to see the match not follow that kind of rule set when they don't really make it clear that that shouldn't be that way. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. It, and, it, but, it, but, as, but also, like you said, it's very it was very out of nowhere and anticlimactic. So even if I wasn't a stickler for rule minutia, I still don't know if I love the way this match ends. I mean, again, this is the. This seems to be the storyline that you and I are both the least invested in, which is shame because I was super hyped for like when Albatron first showed up, but it's it just it kind of a, stayed. It, it had, it it had a, yeah, it had a good. I agree. That's uh, that's how I'd put it too. Like it had a really cool start. Like he's all fired up, and then his 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 great rival from Mexico shows up, and Pierre Tejano is kind of cool with with his like Texan gear and he brings yeah. his fucking bull rope around to whip people. So it's not like he's an uncool character. And then they just don't do anything with it. There's no well, real story progression. 
Yeah, just... no, the most, like, character development we get is, like, Patron slowly really liking using that bull rope. Yeah. <laughs> About it. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm kind of happy this is over because I don't really care about yeah, it. Can, like yeah, let's do better stuff with, with, with Alberto of the throne, please. Yeah, because arguably his promo game is the best part about him. Yeah, I mean, so, it feels weird to like him now because, you know, he's not in jail yet, but he, you know, hopefully will be at some point I, soon. Part part of part of wrestling fan, uh, separating art from artists is very That's, important in wrestling. <laughs> I'm afraid that's extremely fair. That's extremely fair. <laughs> but, I, but either way it, I, I would like to enjoy, I would like, even if I can't necessarily say I'm a fan of Alberto El Patron because of his outside the ring problems, I'd at least mm. like to be able to say that the storyline in a vacuum outside of those feelings is fun. And I can't even say that. Yeah. So, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Better shit for him, please, in the future. Yeah. So before our, our main event, you know, they're in the back. Uh, Conan and uh, and Puma are doing some last-minute uh, training, some shadow boxing. Uh, uh, he's getting flat. He's getting war flat. Puma's oh, yeah. getting war flashbacks. <laughs> yep. From the from his stuff with Cage. And then uh, Hernandez shows up in the back and is like, "Hey, man, what's up, Conan?" <laughs> We got history, well, bro. Well, the thing is, too, like, the PTSD flashbacks that Puma's getting seem to be, like, about Conan getting knocked over, like, first and foremost, and then about him getting yeeted by Cage, mm -hmm. which, again, doesn't seem like it really plays into anything later. Uh, and, right. again, Hernandez, Hernandez shows up. And, like, again, it's Conan acting normal to Puma, no advancement of their, like, interesting relationship dynamic. And Hernandez just kind of being there, and it looks like it's going to be like Hernandez is a threat to like Puma's position with Conan, but they don't even do anything with that, at least not yet. And they don't really yeah, seem to that, be leading into anything of that. That's sort. what I was about to say is that, like, if you want to get back to this to this tension between Conan and Puma, and as uh, I would say that by this point, there's no guarantee they're going to do that. But if you wanted to, you could. Conan Hernandez could easily be a a drive a wedge driven driven between the two between Puma and Conan because of his past history with Conan. But uh, up to this point, the the episode doesn't really try to play into that because it's more focused on paying off and and concluding the stuff with Kate, the arc with Cage. But you can do both. I mean, and yes, Lucha can. knows I, this. Lucha's really good at tight scripting and like being very efficient and effective with its like story elements. That's fair. I'm not gonna say they that you're wrong. Um But uh, I just, just want to know why they dropped. I just want to know why they like it seems like they dropped this angle. Yeah, I it's the kind of thing where I wish I could remember what like it's the kind of thing where I wish I could tell you like the the backstage scuttle, uh, mm -hmm. but about it so to speak or whatever or like what fan reaction might have been like I wish I could tell you what it was that made them seeming to seeming to back off on the idea of yeah. like because those early episodes they are absolutely playing into that idea that mm -hmm. that at some point. Either Conan is going to drop Puma or Puma is going to stand up for himself. But clearly, yeah. for as much as they're, they're, they have a tra mentor trainee relationship, it is not great. 
Because that's another thing, too, is that, like, Vampiro has stopped making a staple of his commentary calling Conan a lying, untrustworthy snake. Yeah. But even now, even with all of that gone, we still have, like, the Conan throwing in the towel for Puma thing that's been heavily emphasized, and they don't do anything with that. He just kind of did the thing, and there's no subtext yeah, here. That, yeah, that did not play into their relationship at all. It was, I mean, it, it's portrayed, like, the moment is portrayed as, like, a, a, a moment they have to overcome having happened, but it's not, it doesn't really drive a wedge in their relationship when it could have. Yeah. The fact that he threw in the towel for Puma when Puma did not consent to him doing that could have been a, a, a plot thread to follow and that's not really what they decided to do not remotely and that's i mean that's what's annoying about it it's just like it feels like a waste and that's so unusual for like lucha to do is like they don't waste their story potential but like this one they just feels like they dropped the ball on it it's usually disappointing i think yeah i'd, I'd agree with that so we get to the match. Uh, the match is fun. It's a lot of it's it, Puma and Cage put on a Puma and Cage match, but this time yeah. we have weapons. <laughs> yeah, they do what they do best, and, and I mean the weapons do add a fun new element to it. It's fun mm -hmm. to see Puma go like more brutal than we're kind of used to. Oh yeah, Puma... dude, 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 gra Puma grabbing a trash can lid and just beating the fuck out of Cage with it. Puma, like up to this point, especially against Cage, has felt like m so much of a defensive fighter that it is cool to see him go like flatly offensive. Um, yeah. With like you know bashing a, a a trash can lid over Cage's head repeatedly, for example. Yeah, and and it just over and and he said he sets up the table to do the table bit later mm -hmm. but like it also isn't just a weaponsy weapons fest like we also get stuff like um puma jumping up to the top of the turn not the turnbuckle pad he top he drops to like the pole the post where they, they where they build the ring out of and then does a and then does a moonsault on the cage with the outside it was pretty sick yeah, oh my god, that was that was so dope. He gets up, not even like top ring, just top of the fucking turnbuckle in in, in general. Um, I don't know how he balanced. Um, yeah, like he basically that. did it on one foot, to be honest. If I'm yeah, that's it, what I was thinking. He did it like, with one foot and then I wasn't jumped sure off. I was crazy or not, but that's what it looked like to me. And I was like, how? Like, he, it was a one-step jump into the flip. And it was like, what the hell, man? Puma got some quality airtime in this in this fight. Holy crap. He do, because his, when he puts Cage through the table, is also, uh, he gets some high air. Yeah, and then what, his, his like, finisher on Cage is, like, fuck, he has, like, three revolutions midair in yeah, his flip. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I think it's a 630, I believe, is what he does. Jesus. That's so insane. Mm -hmm. it is um oh my god um also um but I, I mean i mean not to not to not to harp on our like criticisms about the conan thing um you know on top of them fighting each other of course at one point um um uh um conan cage gets kind of involved no, you know oh. conan gets kind of involved and cage um Cage, of course, has to be like, get out of here, old man. And he, like, when he's dispatched to Puma at one point, he, like, you know, shoves um, 
uh, uh, Conan into the like side gate and starts bashing on him and knocks him down for a second. Yeah, and Conan stays down for a real long time on that. Yeah, one. and I thought that would make Puma Hulk out again with like the flashback he gets earlier, but it yeah. doesn't. Again, no, it, waste it, of like story elements here. Instead, it's used for Hernandez, who. To not well at that point Hernandez doesn't even do anything. Vampiro literally points out on commentary, like, man, I thought that would like wake Hernandez up, but he's just still vibing there. Yeah, well, I well, so then what happens is we kind of get the finishing sequence of this match of of Cage using all of his moves on yep. Puma. He does he hits him with the discus uh lariat, then he hits him with the weapon X, and then he Puma kicks out of that. And then he hits him with like a bunch of power bombs. And then he kicks out of that. And then eventually he just starts punching him in the head. Like he did when Conan threw in the towel and the crowd bloodthirsty motherfuckers. They are, they start counting Counting. instead of of booing or something. They're like one, two, three, four, five. Dude, that crowd was split on who they wanted to win. It's so crazy. They don't have morals and I love it. They don't. Lucha Underground's crowd, uh, all all they care about is blood for the blood god. Anything else, who cares? Also, like, shout out to the self-restraint of the people who were just, like, casually sitting with Hernandez in the crowd, not being weird about it or anything. Nah, yeah, because Hernandez spends the entire match uh, hanging out in the front row, arguably a few too many cuts to him to show reaction shots to remind you he's there. Yeah, but whatever. Again, for and, and for like as little as he's utilized for this, like why? Yeah. So after Cage beats Puma's face in, he decides <laughs> to not cover him like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and again, they literally shout this out on commentary at one point. Like, I can't remember if this is Striker or Vampiro that pointed out, but one of them was like. Um, I think it was, I think it was striker was like, uh, you know, is Puma going to fall for his, or is going to, is cage going to fall for his old trap of letting his ego get in the way of victory? And at first I was like, I'm not entirely sure what he means by that, but that's like the perfect example of it. Which to be fair, that is relatively consistent with cage. That's how he lost the first time when he faced puma so it's not like this is out the idea that he is an ego or he gets too egotistical or too angry that costs him is at least not out of nowhere but what is out of nowhere is the concept of him getting distracted by hernandez because this is what that's what happens is that after he beats puma to a pulp he decides to start jaw jacking with hernandez in the front row as opposed to winning and (laughs) It's the kind of thing where, like, if that had been, like, a reoccurring bit throughout the match, I would have bought it more. But it's not. He just kind of decides to do it because he he picks up the old idiot ball and decides... um, There's another TV Tropes reference for you, folks. The idiot ball is a concept where where, where a character uncharacteristically acts stupid solely for the purpose of advancing the plot. I mean, I will say for Cage, it makes like somewhat sense. Like he's a beefy roided out guy. So him being like him feeling all like I can take Conan and um, uh, Hernandez too. Why not? Feels like kind of accurate, but it does kind of make you scratch your head. It's like, 
why isn't he doing this like after he beats Puma? You'd think he'd get in his head at this point. Like this is his big chance. He needs to just like go for the gold and stay there. But yeah, he like, doesn't. I'm not. I'm not saying that him getting distracted by Conan is completely out of character. It's just poorly built to, mm-hmm. and it blatantly feels like they just didn't want Puma to kick out of Co- of of all of Brian Cage's moves. So yeah. they create a reason for Cage to just stop attacking him and not pin him. So Hernandez eventually jumps the barricade and starts to get into the ring, which I, I guess is okay because he is a part of the roster. He's not just a regular <laughs> fan. And Conan slowly is beginning back up. To be fair, he was yeah. getting back up in over the course of the finishing sequence, the sequence of moves I mentioned a bit ago from Cage. But by this point, he gets in the ring and eventually he he's able to whack uh cage with the cane and that talks knocks him down and by this point puma has recovered and he hits the 630 and he pins cage for the first time and he beats cage and he is now the lucha underground he he's now the owner of the new lucha underground championship belt yep yep um which gotta say cool ass belt Really oh yeah, cool but we are we are now at the the belt. They they get a much pr- more professional looking, nice belt. It's got it's got this really cool Aztec medallion design in the oh middle. Oh my god, it's so Please, pretty. Which get ready for that motif. Good, more. correct. They love um, doing the Aztec medallion stuff, but yes. Uh, and uh, hopefully this one is uh, uh, guaranteed cage tear proof. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. As, as I mentioned when we first talked about this, is that I have the conspiracy theory that they knew that they wanted cage to rip the first belt in half. So the belt, it's intentionally cheap and shitty. So he could do that. <laughs> And they can be like, okay, here's the new belt that's not shit. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, It's so good. Um, uh, But yeah, so so Puma gets the Puma gets the shiny. Good, I good good job, buddy. And all is well. And Conan is just legitimately celebrating with him. He's happy. They hug in the middle of the ring. Protege and and teacher are celebrating and. Cage is destroyed and Hernandez is there. I guess uh, he's and he's off. The there side. was much rejoicing. <laughs> Yay. Yay! But yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, it, again, yeah. fun overall. But like, but like on a narrative level, it feels like such a waste. Yeah. Like this, and even then, this match didn't feel like oh, super impressive. Like it was cool to see, like somewhat brutal for um for the end of this this uh. Uh, arc at least up to this point but like it still felt like weirdly restrained especially after grave consequences yeah i was gonna say is that this match is done no favors by happening one week after grave consequences God, they really phoenix bled and almost died for our entertainment they really should have switched it up to grave Con- like i get why like grave consequences was like the the opening act to this in theory because mm-hmm. again puma's supposed to be like at this point protagonist of lucha and, underground and 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 the the traditional theory of the of the championship is the most important I know. but it it didn't it did it overall feels like a, a letdown really <laughs> after we just got grave consequences it it's yeah it's hugely disappointing mm-hmm. 
Um, and so that's kind of the end of our episode. Uh, update on Black Lotus still missing. Oh yeah, no Black Lotus here. We we like we cut we got this moment where like we were watching and there was like this shot of the full moon and then it like went to to like an ad break because Tubi puts ad breaks in the most random ass places. Uh, yeah, it's not well matched up. It's it's almost matched up correctly to where it's it's always like two minutes breaks. off. It's too, yeah, it's but it's just a little bit off. Um, so we get the shot of the full moon. And Austin was like, "Oh man, we're supposed to, we were about to have a great poem." And I was like, "Oh man, were we gonna get a, a Black Lotus moment?" Because I could see like that being attached to an episode called like "The Art of War 2, especially considering like the yeah. "Come with me if you want to know more" guy that we saw last time. But nope, still nothing. I guess she's still just like those. She and that guy are just staring at each other from you know within and outside of the trunk. It's been like three weeks now, and they're still just kind of like it's- there. It's been a month. I want to know is it when he inevitably tells the story on camera to for the sake of the audience. Is she going to be like, yes, I fucking know. You've told me yeah. this story every day Stay for, for a month. <laughs> Why? I know. She, she's like, she's like, what? Is there some invisible audience that we need to catch up? Yeah, like. It's like, it's like there's this one Simpsons comic with a really it, it's so random, but it has one of the funniest gags I've ever seen for stuff like this. Where like um at the at the like beginning and the end of the comic, there are points where like one of the characters like is expositioning to another character, and the other character's like, Yeah, I already know this. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, I know you know this. I was explaining it for the readers. What? And they're like, the readers, and they point like off panel, and it cuts this family that's like, I guess just moved into Springfield or something, and they kind of like wave back. It's like they're new here, and I just wanted to, you know, get them caught up on what's going on around yeah. here. The readers. <laughs> it's such a great gag, and it's so funny that it shows up in a random ass comic. But but I feel like that's what the it's that's what it's gonna be, is like is like he's telling her all this like yeah i know oh i'm just getting oh no i'm just getting the watchers caught up the watchers yeah yeah you know th- those guys who are watching yeah. over you in the car they got the, the, they they train vampire slayers the watchers oh god no austin this is not the buffy spinoff i but try what if i wanted it to be but what if i wanted it to be david try as you might i will put a wooden stake through your plans haha <laughs> Uh huh. Oh no, I'm part of it now. No, you are oh, now no. complicit. The real, the 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 real spinoff were the were the were the vampire jokes we made along the way. Hey. Oh shit. Oh god. Do we got to drive a wooden stake through Vampiro's heart? Oh no. I mean, he is Vampiro. He is vampire he is person. Uh damn. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess my overall thoughts on this episode is it is kind of a low point. Yeah, like, definitely the most disappointing episode of Lucha we've watched. Yeah, I was just overall not super compelled by anything except the very end of the first match. Damn, was that like, was a great that was a yeah. great moment. I mean, I mean, I still love Lucha, and like even it's like mm. low point episodes are fun for me in a lot of ways. It's still like fun, digestible junk food at the very least. And again, that one moment. Where where uh, uh, Son of Havoc dumps Evilies was worth the price of admission yep. alone. Listen, listen, folks. The price of not, admission of zero dollars. It's not wrestlelicious, okay? True. It's still wild. God, I know. I just I just went back and re-listened to our wrestlelicious episode as I made apparent to you the other day, and like and like it really puts into contrast just like how much good everything else is by comparison. 
It does. I, I hate even I with also, especially with gender politics. Oh God! I also hate the idea that our best episode is us reco- reviewing a bad episode. Like I, makes, like I was listening. I, I was listening to it just for the hell of it. And like, damn, we do our best work when we're like riffing on pieces of shit. And that was just the biggest piece of shit that we makes, ever it saw. It just makes it just makes me feel too much like the 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 everything sucks YouTube criticism of the of the 2010s of like. Our best work is us just being like, this sucks. Oh God. Oh no. You're right. We're we're turning into to, to angry 2010 YouTube critics. Oh no. I, yeah. I feel like we did it in an entertaining way, though. Like it's felt I like did, we were we engaged did. and we were like, mm-hmm. it was fun banter instead of us like nostalgia critting all nostalgia critiquing all over the all over the place. Yeah, I agree. We're 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 no angry video. My uh here. my my analysis of, of Jonathan Vargas and our and our tour theory, I think, is one of my best uh long-winded monologues on this yes, show. I'm just but it but enough about uh YouTube review culture that I guarantee nobody but us watching gives a shit about unless I mean like, technically I, we unless, still are YouTube review culture, dude. <laughs> yeah, but like histor history of YouTube review culture. Nobody um, uh, listen, unless Elizabeth or Claire is watching, I don't think anybody who watches this actually cares about that. <laughs> about us talking fair, about early fair. 2010s YouTubers. God, so, this entire show is a niche interest anyway. That is our episode on Lucha Underground. Next week, we return to good old WCW. Hulk Hogan has finally embraced the piece of shit that he is. Finally, God. He he is the third man, brother. (laughs) And... Halt the NWO is truly born. And so now we get it. We're going to see some of the, one of their most iconic moments that I, I would, I, I wish I could tell you more about it, but I don't know how to phrase it without giving away what it is. Honestly, so, I'm excited because like I had like the big twist spoiled for me forever ago. So mm-hmm. like having something that I don't know what's going on happen here, it seems exciting because that's, that's uh, when I'm having some of my most fun moments on this show. Yeah. Something that really surprises me. That's wrestling, yep. baby. Hey, but yep. That is for next week. Uh, David, you can go ahead and hit our plugs. Yes, sir. All righty, my dear, dear, dear friends. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so happy to have all of you here. If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, we are so happy to have you back with us. Thank you for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, eyeballs, whatever the whatever the hell have you. Uh, uh, if you are a brand new uh, listener, watcher, etc., welcome. We are delighted to have you join us. We here at the Noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike so no matter if you're a veteran to the wrestling game or brand new and want to learn more be sure if you like what you see here hit subscribe on youtube ring that bell you can find us on youtube we're that that's the watching side of things uh check be sure to check us out there uh if you don't want to watch us on youtube there are some audio only choices for you on three of the best places to find your podcast which would be spotify apple and Google, check us out there. Uh, uh, give us likes, give us follows. Um, uh, you know, ratings, downloads, whatever the heck it is on any of those platforms that you know is like, hey, these guys are great. I enjoy this more, please. 
Uh, also, uh, going circling back to YouTube for a second, because I, I forgot to mention this. If you want to follow any of our specific storylines, uh, um, in in uh, straight up order, if you don't want to jump around like we do for this show, uh, Austin on our YouTube channel has been very kind uh, about uh, putting our different storylines into individual playlists. It's all very neat and organized. Unfortunately, we don't have that on our uh, Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, but you know, we do what we can. The not, very least you not can. A func- you, not a functionality of those of those services. It's unfortunate, but at least you can do a little scroll scroll it's still right there you can jump around a little bit it's just how it goes um uh also you can find us on social media we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on twitter at noobs and knocks pods knock noobs and jesus at noobs and knocks pod that's noobs the letter and knocks pod Look, I don't know. I'm my I'm off my promo game tonight. Don't 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 at me. Uh, our 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 at speaking of which is is down there. Uh, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, yep. bada bing, bada boom. Uh, be sure to, to be sure to give us a follow on on the old Twitter. We like to engage with the broader wrestling fandom on a whole. Drop some spicy memes. Uh, uh interact with some some dank dank discourse. Uh, we post every single time we drop a new episode to let you guys know what's going on. And of course, the highlight of our social media is Austin live tweeting his live wrestling watching experience. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Of course, uh, upcoming every single week. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT is AEW Dynamite, mm. uh, the most the wrestling show I most consistently watch live. So why not? This past week, I got to see a match of the year contender between Kenny, by God, Omega, and Brian Danielson. Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal shit. Uh, but every single week, AEW putting out them bangers. Check that out if you like or and but in addition, we also live tweet uh, WWE, AEW and Impact pay-per-views. And the, the day this episode drops will be emanating from Columbus, Ohio, but I'm not going because I'm poor, is <laughs> the is X, WWE Extreme Rules. <laughs> and... Uh, I, and so you have that, you can watch that on Peacock. That is fuck Peacock, but you know, what can you fuck do Peacock. if you're in America? It's $5 a month with ads, $10 a month without ads, and you get all the WWE shit. Or you can get the WWE Network for $9.99 American a month if you live in other countries. Fuck you guys. Um... Then on October 23rd, we get Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory, one of their biggest shows of the year. Arguably their biggest pay-per-view, depending it's that or Slammiversary, depending on who you ask. And they've already promised that we are going to see guys from AEW. We're going to see guys from AAA in Mexico. You might have heard of that them. We talked about their championship a lot on this episode. Nah, and nah, guys, never heard of them. And guys from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So should be exciting. And then for AEW, just this week, they officially announced their moving full gear, their next pay-per-view full gear from November 6th to November 13th. They are trying to desperately avoid competing with a, a UFC supercard that is airing on the same on November 6th, as I understand it. So November 13th is AEW's next pay-per-view full gear. I am manifesting into existence 
Kenny Omega losing to Hangman Adam Page. But Homie is still on maternity leave, on paternity leave, excuse me. So who knows when he's coming back? I don't, I don't, every week I'm like, oh, maybe they're not going to do this at full gear. <sighs> oh dear. I don't anyway, know. They could be toying with you. Just please, just please. I, I need my sad millennial cowboy to get his friends back together because the Dark Order are all sad right now without him around. Mm-hmm. And then he beats Big Mean Kenny for the title. Yes. Please. Please. <laughs> and, then CM can Punk, only help, and then CM Punk can turn heel because he decides to be an, an obnoxious uh, obnoxious straight edge guy against a hangman's alcoholism. I've already plotted out how this is going to go. Damn. We're, they really should just get us in the writer's room half the time. Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, but with that, that being said, that is November 13th. And both, both the impact pay-per-view and the AEW pay-per-view are available on traditional pay-per-view and on fight TV. If you're a, if you, if you are like me, who doesn't have cable? <laughs> Oof, me neither. It's all right. We'll get by. Uh, hey. Anyway, be sure to check all of that out, my friends. Austin's live tweeting is thebomb.com. It's phenomenal. Um, uh, so be sure, be sure, be sure to, to check all that shit out. Um, it's, it's, it's just a good time. And if you're watching that shit or if you want to watch that shit, Austin is some great company to have. I speak from experience. Um, also we have an email address too. Uh, if you would like to have a little more long form communication with us, you can find us at, uh, the noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com. That's noobs. The word and this time knockouts pod at gmail.com. Come say hi. Uh, come, come just tell us about what you think of the show. Tell us what you think of our beautiful, wonderful, amazing, rich voices uh, that, 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 that lit you to sleep every single night. Um, be sure, sure, be sure to tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, things you want to see on the show. Um, uh, arcs, whatever we just like hearing from people we like we like it when people say hi and we love saying hi back so come say hi to us at noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and finally we are on patreon we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon one dollar a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode see you guys next time hasta luego